Hello and welcome to the Going Up Cast, your weekly feel-good podcast with tips and tricks on best sleeping practices, more music for songs of the week, new chapters for book five, Kingdom Hearts 3, and a bunch of snow. I'm your host, Andrew Logan, and let's dive right into it. This week at the Going Up Cast, we are snowed in. The blizzard hit a couple of days ago, and it has iced over and powderized freaking everything in my world and because of it we've got a bit of a shorter episode this week but it is no less jam-packed full of fun stuff for you to listen to for a little while and if you enjoy the going cast be sure to check out goingupcast.com forward slash store where you can get a personalized mystery book or a reading of your choice and you can support us at patreon.com forward slash going but enough of that self-serving plug nonsense let's get right into this on how to freaking sleep better This week, I want to talk about something that's pretty near and dear to my heart, and that is sleep tech. It's the sleep strats. It's the advice that I've garnered through practical application, new technology, and a lot of reading of headlines and skimming articles in order to give you the best sleep advice that can come from somebody who vaguely knows what they're talking about. Not going to find better vague advice than what you're going to get here. So vague advice bit number one is to sleep on your back. Now, when I was younger, uh, which is technically true for most things that I've experienced, I used to toss and turn all the goddamn time. I would like kick in my sleep and, you know, my bed would be perfectly made. And then I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have to have like swirled the blankets around, you know, and I used to sleep on my stomach and on my side. And I would just move constantly in bed. And admittedly, it took a while for me to train myself to sleep on my back. But when I fall asleep on my back, I wake up on my back and I don't move at all. And in terms of like support for your various joints and stuff like that, and for breathing, it is the, it is the optimum sleeping position is to sleep on your back. It will take time. If you are not a natural back sleeper, it's going to take an adjustment period of a, of a couple of months. I'm being honest with you. It is not a quick overnight thing. You have to train yourself to sleep on your back. And it can be done in a variety of ways. You can go to bed so mind-numbingly exhausted that it doesn't matter what position you sleep. You could take um, like natural sleep uh, remedies like mel- not melanoma, melanto- melatonin. Some, something along those lines. Um, not melanoma, but uh, whatever whatever that uh, that natural um, thing is that can help you sleep. Uh, take that. I wouldn't recommend taking sleeping pills, mostly because I don't want, you know. Usually if it requires some kind of like heavy drug, then you're not going about it the right way. There's natural ways of doing it. So just, you know, try sleeping on your back for a while. Give that a whirl. It'll help you breathe easier. Uh, and if you're anything like me, you fall asleep on your back, you'll wake up on your back. So there you go. I will fully recognize though that different people sleep in different positions, but if you want to you know, look at the science and the numbers, the optimum sleeping position is to sleep on your back, especially if you suffer from back pain and or joint like wrist or ankle pain, because wrist and ankle pain all stem from your back getting fucked up. So if you ever complain about like neck soreness or you know anything like that, you need to sleep on your back and advice bit number two you need to have proper support 
for your body when you're sleeping, all right? That can mean a lot of different things. For example, I have five pillows on my bed and I sleep on top of every single one of them. So you, like I just need, yeah, you know, I got the lower lumbar support. I got the one under the knees. I got the one that like runs up and down my spine. I got the ones under my head. I sleep on a, on a fucking cloud of pillows in order to be in the optimum sleeping position. So, you know, you gotta have proper support. That's just kind of, that's just the way of it. Uh, tip number three, if you, if you got the, uh, the dough, this is, this is kind of one that, you know, isn't really position based, but if you do find that you are very sore in the morning, you're not getting a good night's sleep, you're not getting the support you need from whatever number of pillows you're currently utilizing, I recommend investing in an adjustable mattress frame. Now that sounds like I'm giving you bad advice for the, you know, for an old person, but I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. You spend a third of your life sleeping. Why do it out of anything besides absolute comfort? You know, why wouldn't you want the best you could possibly do for yourself and your body? So I recommend getting an adjustable mattress frame and they can go, they can be pretty goddamn expensive, but honest to God, you can find one on Amazon for like 300 bucks, um, which I, I'm sure there is cheaper, but I would recommend not going for absolute cheap go go like a little bit higher because you want the thing to last first of all and you want it so the motors don't fucking burn out but basically what the adjustable bed frame does is if you picture your bed right the adjustable frame has two halves around the midpoint of the of the bed the lower half where your feet are will kind of come up and in so it makes like a almost like an s shape where if you if you have the flat of the bed it goes like up and like a dip for your knees and then it goes out so it has this little this little S curve. And the upper part of the bed kind of just folds up like your hand, where it just it just brings it up in a um in like a uh uh acute or obtuse angle position for like a triangle, you know, it just brings your head up. So you got that one that brings you up and you got your legs that like bring it in and tuck you in so you can get the leg support that you need. And you get the head support and that combination plus a bunch of pillows, you'll sleep amazing. So there you go. Plus the really good ones come with like preset things so you could be like i'm in sleep position one uh a lot of them come with uh, massage functionality which is a fucking dream and mine comes with usb ports that charges my phone in like 30 seconds and it's incredible and i love it so invest in one of those uh tip number uh, for what type is this five i think this might be tip five um i would also recommend now this is probably not something new to many of you but weighted blankets or a shit ton of blankets is awesome just that kind of level of comfort that you get by being like gently <laughs> pressed upon the entire night like i don't know about you guys but that just knocks me out like a light just like a really heavy blanket and you're just like oh yeah or just a shit ton of blankets achieves the same effect weighted blankets are pretty fucking expensive which i think is silly but they are they are quite expensive um, so if you, if you feel like you need a weighted blanket, then, you know, make sure you get a, get one that works for you, but honestly, it'd probably be cheaper and more flexible to just get a shit ton of blankets because then you can peel layers off, you know, when you get really hot and put more on when you get really cold, that sort of deal. So also I've been playing around with this, the idea of getting like a bunch of like heavy fishing lures and just attaching them to a blanket and making my own weighted blanket. Um. I'm not sure that'd be cheaper, but I've been playing around with that idea. 
Um, and my my final couple of tips are um, if you find yourself having trouble to wake up in the morning, like you don't wake up with your alarm, drink like a big old glass of water before you go to bed. Around the time when you need to wake up, you'll have to pee like a racehorse and you'll just fucking hop right out of bed and sprint over to the bathroom and hey, look at that, you're awake. So there's, there's a good tip for you there. If you uh, want to think about sleep from a fitness perspective, because sleep has a lot to do with weight loss and uh, muscle recovery after hard workouts, you want to shoot for somewhere between eight to nine hours of sleep at night. That's slightly more than the recommended amount of sleep that you get a night. Like normal people in order to function properly need somewhere like seven to eight. Um, if I was to talk about sleep in terms of REM cycle, like that that whole thing, um, my REM cycle's on a five hour chain. Um, so every five hours I, I go through the cycle and then I pop up awake. And if I was to achieve that in a quote, air quotes, like optimum sleeping night, I would have to be asleep for about 10 hours, which unfortunately is not doable most nights because I have shit I need to do. But, you know, you want to aim for somewhere in that period, eight to nine hours, uh, gives your body enough time to recover from the workout. It, it helps with um, weight loss, it helps with muscle growth, it helps with so many things. Sleep is super fucking important for so many things. Not to mention your own sanity. So hopefully you'll find some of these tips and tricks useful. If anybody wants any mattress recommendations or links to adjustable bed frames like the setup I've got, hit me up. You can uh, go to goamcast.gmail.com. I'll shoot you some Amazon links of the exact stuff that I've got over here, um, including some pillows I got through Amazon that are wonderful. So I can recommend I can recommend you some some new sleeping attire. Also, get some bamboo sheets because they're wonderful. Slightly more expensive than cotton sheets, but they'll last you a really long ass time, and they get softer every time you wash them. So, like I said, you spend a third of your life sleeping in bed. Do it in the best comfort you possibly can. So those are those are my tips and tricks. Also, don't do computer stuff or look at your phone when in bed. Bed is for sleeping. Or fun other activities if you're, you know. <laughs> but don't look at your phone or do emails or anything like that in bed. Because you want you want to associate the bed with the act of sleeping. It'll help you go to sleep a lot faster. If you, like, climb into bed and then start doing shit on your phone or reading or anything like that, now all of a sudden the bed is for other things and your, and your brain will start to adapt in that way. But if you want your bed to just be for fucking sleep and you want to go right to bed the second your head hits that fucking pillow, then you got to do nothing else in that bed besides sleep and other optional fun activities. I think you know what I'm talking about. So there you go. That's my, that's my sleep advice for this podcast. And, you know, appropriately, I am very fucking sleepy. So it works out, I think, for everybody. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Another week, another batch of Harry Potter chapters. Chapter 10, Luna Lovegood. Chapter 11, The Sorting Hat's new song. And chapter 12, Professor Gumbridge. Now, oh man, I've been looking forward to this moment for a while. Right up there next to Undurfed, I feel like this is one of the one of the premier moments of the entire Harry Potter audiobook experience. Uh, is in chapter 12, Professor Umbridge. This is quite a lengthy chapter. In fact, this moment occurs about 35 minutes into the chapter. So, I'm tired. I'm I'm hoarse from doing Umbridge's voice for so long. 
And then I'm hit with one of the greatest lines out of the entire Harry Potter book franchise. Let's take a listen. Well, I, I can't imagine any situation arising in my classroom that would require you to use defensive spells, Miss Granger. You surely aren't expecting to be attacked during class. We're not going to use magic. Ron ejaculated loudly. seen that line taken out of context so many times because it's so fucking funny. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. That wasn't even... Oh god, I love that line so fucking much. For, we're not gonna use magic around ejaculated loudly. Whew. Oh, I'm crying. Oh, hold on a second. Oh my god. I love it. I'm going to take a sip of tea and try to recenter myself. <laughs> Sorry. I keep like, I keep like thinking about Ron in the middle of this classroom. Like, I'm getting like really upset. And all of a sudden, he's just like, <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, I needed that. I needed that laugh. Oh. Three brand new Harry Potter chapters drop every Wednesday night around 8 o'clock-ish Pacific Standard Time for your listening pleasure. We are rapidly making great progress through these books, which is good because I'm actively reading book seven now, and oh my god, is it a slog. I am suffering, people. Suffering reading these books. But I'm going to get this shit done so we can move on to some other token-esque writings I'm reading The Hobbit after this anyway let's move on to the next thing in the podcast I woke with a start earlier today freezing my butt off the snow outside have you seen it? I don't know how I could possibly share knowledge and continue my mission if the weather outside is so frigid certainly can't drive in this weather which is a right shame Nothing like a little road trip to help think things through. Hey, there's an idea. The road trip. Did you know that the first recorded road trip occurred in 1888 when wife of famed car inventor Carl Benz, Bertha Benz, traveled 66 miles from Mannheim to Fjordsheim? Yeah, she managed it in a prototype that clocked a maximum speed of 10 miles an hour and went with her two teenage sons, Richard and Eugene. Also, she didn't tell Carl about it in a presumed effort to generate publicity for the invention. Officially, she claimed it was to see her mother pretty crafty if you ask me. That particular stretch of road has become the Bertha Benz Memorial Route to honor the inaugural road trip. Since then, road trips have become a way of seeing the grander world in many areas. The pastime was popular in the US, Canada, and Central Europe, and it was assisted in America by the highway expansions during the 20th century. They grab some food, get a ride, and some friends. Go explore the world around us from the road. Just may want to wait for the snow to melt first.
This week for Songs of the Week, I've got an old school classic of one of the best selling albums of all time, and then I've got a song that I feel like is a good representation of a playlist that I listen to quite a bit on Spotify that I wanted to talk about. So first up is my favorite song off of this album that got me through middle school, high school, college, and the now. This this album, and it's not foreign to any of you, it's Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and the song I've chosen off this album is called Getting Better, which, I won't lie to you, was a title that I considered for a while for the Going Up cast. I like the Going Up cast better because Great Big C means more to me than the Beatles do, but Getting Better is just exactly what it sounds like. It's a song about how shit gets better all the time, and it's getting better all the time. So here's my little cover of Getting Better off of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. We all know the Beatles. I don't need any more introduction. Here it is. Great song, wonderful album, can't get enough of the Beatles. It's an interesting fun fact about the Beatles. If you listen to all of their stuff from beginning to end, it lasts for about nine hours. I think it's like eight and a half or something like that. Not a lot of music, which I think is interesting given how impactful they are. I mean, Sgt. Pepper's is only like a 40 minute album. That's not, that's not all that long. Now, the next song um, is the song that I, I feel like it represents this this playlist on Spotify well. It is called the Relax and Unwind playlist. And it's it's akin to things you would hear in like, if you went into like a coffee shop, not a Starbucks, but like a coffee shop, you know? It's like, it's the only one. You got the dude behind the counter with like the, the, like the dreadlocks and he knows how to make an Americana cappuccino, no foam, all whip, whatever. I don't know, I don't drink coffee. But you know, it's like that kind of feel. Um, you, you picture beanie hats, you picture foggy days, you picture jeans that have like rips in them, but they've got leggings underneath it. So they're still warm. It's all, it's all like stylized, you know, flannel, but not like the thick flannel. It's like that thin, you know, that kind of, that kind of feel basically Washington or Oregon more accurately, I would say. Um, but every now and then, you know, I can, I can groove out on this kind of stuff. And so the song I chose for this is called Minimum by Charlie Cunningham, released on the January 27th in 2017 off of the debut album Lines. Oh, also, Sgt. Pepper's came out in fucking 1966. Um, sorry, 1967. It was recorded in 1966. And uh, it was their eighth Beatles album. But we're talking about Charlie Cunningham. And it's got this atmospheric vibe. It really does sound like it's being played from like a distance away in like a foggy canyon or in the in the in the um the mountains in the trees and you just hear them kind of reverberating through surrounding you and it does have a pretty positive message this particular song but that whole playlist as as like a general rule i found to be very relaxing i mean that's the point of it it's the relax and unwind playlist on spotify but the messages in these songs are usually pretty sound and they certainly i wouldn't say make me happy make me at peace and peace is its own form of happiness you know so it achieves its goal 
pretty damn well. If you have a song that you would like to suggest for song of the week, there's lots of ways you can let me know what song that is. You can email me at goingcast at gmail.com or use the contact page at goingcast.com. All work for letting me know your song. Also, feel free to send in your covers. Can't get enough of those covers. I've been I've recorded more music because of this podcast than I have ever done in the past. And I think that's awesome and I love it. So yeah, there you go. Enjoy the Relax and Unwind playlist on Spotify. And while you're checking out playlists on Spotify, you can also listen to the Graham Cast Song of the Week playlist, which grows every week. I'm going to tack on one more here at the end of it, and I think you'll know why. I'm not going to go into great details about the context of why I want the song on the playlist, but I absolutely love this song, and I remember the episode from way back in the day. So we're going to go with Sweet Victory from SpongeBob. I'm slapping it on the playlist. I think we all know why. It's a fucking great song. I'll pump you right up. It's all about that sweet taste of victory. The winner takes all. Anyway, go enjoy Sweet Victory on the playlist, but let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Quite recently, a video game came out that a lot of people were very excited about because they've been waiting 13 years for this video game to arrive. It had gone through several delays, and it had been hinted at for a really long time, and it finally came out. And that's Kingdom Hearts 3. Now, I was a PC slash Nintendo slash Xbox kid growing up. And I did not own, personally own a Sony product until uh, the PS4 and I played like Bloodborne. So I completely missed Kingdom Hearts 2, th- 1, all the all the spin-off side games on like all the side consoles. Completely missed all that shit. With the acquisition of the PS4, I did get the like the 1.5, 2.5 remastered collector's pack that comes with like six other games in it. And I played about two hours of the first game. And so Kingdom Hearts was getting, the trailers were getting dropped and everybody was getting really excited around me. And I'm just kind of looking at this going like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, what, all right, fine, whatever. Um, And then on a whim, complete whim, I ordered Kingdom Hearts 3, same day delivery, the day came out. And I was like, fuck it, let's just, let's just dive in and see what's what. And um, all the people I've spoken to that are big Kingdom Hearts fans, you know, friends, coworkers, blah, blah, blah. I've said this was a foolish thing to do because your air quotes won't understand the story. You won't get it. It's so, the lore is so deep and rich that you'll just be confused. And granted, yeah, you you boot up the third game in a franchise and I'm just sitting going like, I have a pretty fair idea who Sora is. I'm kind of pretty sure I know why Donald and Goofy are hanging around. But beyond that, not really too sure what the plot is. That's okay because the game doesn't know either. It's... The apparently just the the mishmash of like retcons across games and stuff cause it to be quite confusing. Um, and you only get the big picture if you play every game in the franchise, which is true for most things. You have to play every game in the franchise in order to really figure out what's up. Um, except for things like Pokemon, which are more um, anthology based. Like you could play, you know. Pokemon Heart Gold without playing any of the other ones and you'll have a pretty good idea what the game's about. Not true with Kingdom Hearts. That all being said, I'm enjoying the game quite a lot. I think um, I'm relying pretty heavily on my Disney knowledge to help kind of get me through the game. And without context, there's a lot of great one-off moments that I'm sure make lots of sense when you have context. But when you're just kind of sitting there and then out of nowhere, Goofy just goes, 
No organizations! I, for, I don't know what he's referring to, so I just have to take the, the, the idea that Goofy's just an anarchist and hates organizations of any sort, which is hilarious, and I love it. So, things like that have a, have a, lot, of a, have a lot of joy for me. The combat is, based on my brief exposure to Kingdom Hearts 1, pretty, you know, on the mark for a Kingdom Hearts game. However, in today's world, I would call it antiquated. Um, you, it's not a very complex combat system, which is fine. Uh, pretty character action-y, but not as much as I want it to be. Perhaps it gets more intense later on. I don't know. Um, I've only played a couple of hours of the, of the third game. So, it's, it's difficult to say at this moment in time. I am having fun. Um, the, the, how do I want to phrase this? It seems like they do their homework when it comes to voice actors. I recall uh, a thing saying that the original voice actress for Alice from Alice in Wonderland came back to do the first Kingdom Hearts game. And it's like the, the longest gap between original performance and like, you know, today it's like the longest gap any actor has done between the original performance and coming back to do it again um, was, was her doing that. And that's awesome. Um, like it's fucking Bill Farmer being goofy, you know. Like, they, they do their homework. This is made with Disney's help, so naturally it, it shows when, when it has that, that kind of Disney flair. And um, it's interesting to me that, like, I'm a really big Disney fan, and it's, like, there's a lot of really big Kingdom Hearts fans. But I wouldn't really classify them as Disney fans or Final Fantasy fans. They're Kingdom Hearts fans. It's, like, this weird... It, I think it's the it's the combination of things is what really draws a lot of people to it. Um, I have this opinion that it seems like fan fiction, like self-insert fan fiction for a lot of it, uh, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that as long as it's good fan fiction, you know? Um, and the writing is, I don't want to say it's bad because it doesn't really matter. You know, it's like if it was trying to be well-written, then it is bad, but I don't think it is trying. It's... It's Kingdom Hearts, you know? It needs to be about darkness and friendship and the power of teamwork and stuff like that. Like, it's a it's it's a kid's game. It's a kid's game. I don't know why I'm trying to rate this with, like, the eyes of an adult, but, you know, there's a lot of amazing kid content out there, so you kind of have to, you know, judge things fairly. Like, the writing in Avatar The Last Airbender is fucking awesome. And everybody loved it. Or Batman The Animated Series. Technically kid shows, but there's so much more to it than just being a kid's entertainment piece, you know? Um, so once again, perhaps later on, and I probably can't say too much about the plot because I don't know the first 13 odd games worth of plot. So every time a new character shows up, I'm just like, ah, oh, it's new person. Uh, time for me to figure out based solely on, on this experience. Uh, and this whole thing has kind of raised an interesting point in my head. Uh, there's a lot of content like Pokemon where you can play later games in the franchise and not need the backstory of the previous installments in order to understand what the hell's happening. There's a lot of movie franchises nowadays that really rely on your previous experience with the first couple of movies in order for you to know what's going on. Marvel Cinematic Universe, Star Wars, Harry Potter, you know, they all require you to have seen the previous film before you see the new one. And I, you know, for some things that works naturally, and I always love jumping into things halfway and trying to figure it out as I'm doing with Kingdom Hearts. So, yeah, so far so good. I'm enjoying it. I can't wait to play more of it, you know. 
for all my my uh, nitpicky points. I think the game is is pretty awesome. I can't say if it was worth 13 years because I didn't wait 13 years. I just kind of hopped on and just was like, ah, hey, fuck it, let's see what this wagon this wagon does. So enjoying it so far. If you are a huge Kingdom Hearts fan, what do you think of the third game? Does it hold to your expectations? Was it worth the wait? I think the game looks pretty good. So, you know, they definitely didn't waste time in the in the graphic department. Some of those pre-rendered cutscenes are gorgeous. Which, and I would expect nothing less from Square Enix. Like, that's kind of their bread and butter. They're basically an anime studio with some gameplay in it. And I will say, for the first two hours of that fucking game, about 20 minutes of that is actual gameplay, and the rest of it's just fucking cutscenes. Um, again, nothing wrong with that. I'm enjoying it. I find it very entertaining, but... You know, I bought a video game, so I kind of want to play it. Anyway... So yeah, I'm enjoying it. But if you like Kingdom Hearts, let me know at goimcast at gmail.com or use the contact page at goimcast.com. We can talk about some Kingdom Hearts. I'll be sure to keep you guys up to date as I play it. I think it's like, I don't actually know how long of a game it is. I would be stunned if it was anywhere approaching the length of Persona 5. But if it is anything less than the length of Persona 5, then I don't think it's, you know, they spent their 13 years wisely. Let's put it that way. Um, apparently there's like side quests and stuff. I don't know. I'll get into it. We'll figure it out. We'll bumble my way through that shit. But uh, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. And finally this week, I want to advise all of you dealing in the winter wonderland that we are currently experiencing in my neck of the woods and across the entire country to stay safe out there. You know, if you absolutely have to go somewhere in a car, just do low and slow, you know. There's no point in risking anybody's safety but trying to do it quickly. Just do it low and slow. Otherwise, just stay home. It ain't worth it, you know? But have fun in the snow. Bundle up. Wear some layers. Get some mittens. Perhaps a scarf or two. Some nice waterproof boots. Worth your weight in gold, if you ask me. And just have fun. I mean, my snow is pretty powdery, so it's like blowing all over the place. Um, and it's terrible, like, snowman building snow. You have to pack it within an inch of its life, and you lose so much snow volume, you know? It's very poofy. Uh, which makes it a lot of fun to like kick around and stuff like that. So I was having fun earlier today. I got all bundled up and went on out there with like my eight layers and my scarf and mittens and stuff like that. And my big old, big old fluffy Malamute. He fucking loves it. It's great. It's so much fun. Good old, good old snow days. Pretty fantastic. And I want to thank all of you for listening to this fantastic episode of the Growing Up Cast. If you enjoy what you heard, feel free to swing over to patreon.com forward slash going up cast and chip in a couple of dollaroos and get access to those monthly live streams the next of which will be the 10th of February it is this upcoming Sunday uh, I don't know the exact time yet I might have plans that day but keep an eye on the Patreon email I will just I'll message you directly through Patreon when the, the stream's about to start and then we'll play some games and have some laughs and a good time and also be sure to check out the Going Up Cast uh, store where you can get yourself a mystery book or a personalized reading, depending on the size of the book. And it'll all be wonderfully delivered straight to you as quickly as I can crank them out. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll talk to you all next week. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs>